Welcome to The Twelfth House, a podcast where we explore the intersection of wellness, well-being, intuitive business, spirituality, all the fun stuff with a critical but loving lens and a lot of jokes. I'm Michelle Palazon, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for all of your amazing reviews this month. Keep them coming. We are running a little contest where we're raffling off one of our most loved courses. It's called 10X Your Community Constellation. And it's an audio course that teaches you how to build community from scratch. It literally shows you the exact steps that I used to grow Holisticism and that I've replicated many, many times in other small businesses and big businesses to help them grow their communities. And it's a really fun course. And if you leave a review and take a screenshot of your review and then send it to the text line below, you'll be entered to win 10X Your Community Constellation. So best of luck to the luckiest person. Excited to reveal who our winner is. I'm a little nervous, mostly excited to talk about today's episode concept. We're talking about money minimums. And why I'm nervous is because I think whenever you talk about money and making more money, saying that you want more of it, you run the risk of people looking at you like you're selfish and entitled and greedy. I mean, fair, (laughs) right? But I also think that understanding our own energetic minimums is really an important part of our spiritual practice. And for me, from where I sit, I feel like often in the spiritual space, it's like one extreme or the other. Either we have to be like completely austere, issuing all material possessions and wealth and comfort in order to be spiritual or experience the divine, or on the total opposite end of the spectrum, we have to have like 10 Bentleys and be like manifesting $10 million and blah, 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 running a seven figure, eight figure, whatever figure business, sitting by a poolside in order to be like spiritual or to prove like how spiritual we are and how powerful quote unquote we are and how aligned we are. And like, I don't think that I'm probably on either side. I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle. You know, I'm open to that changing at some point in my life. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. But from where I sit today, I do think it's really important to make sure that your needs are met and that you're taken care of and to have a healthy relationship to money. Because let's face it, we live in 2021 or 2022 or whenever you're listening to this. In these bodies, we chose this lifetime, this period to be born into and to make change. And I think whenever we're doing our sacred work, capital S, capital W, sacred work, when we are doing it, when we're in alignment with it, when we're like super clear on it, it not only helps us elevate and level up and do what we're here to do, sort of learn, but also usually that sacred work, I think, is like a puzzle piece in this huge puzzle jigsaw that we're all putting together. And when I do my sacred work, by doing my sacred work, I am elevating the collective. And that doesn't mean that just like, oh, when I just worry about myself, I'm elevating the collective. No. I mean, sometimes, sometimes when you mind your own business, that's the best thing you can fucking do. But I think that generally when I'm doing my capital S, capital W sacred work, especially in this lifetime, when we have to coexist and work against and with capitalism and money and the internet and use all these tools that are at our disposal in order to like make our impact. Because again, we chose this lifetime to be born into, like we could have been born into, I don't know, the 1500s and been like, all I have to worry about is the bubonic plague and hay fever, right? (laughs) 
I don't know, and feudalism. But we didn't. We were born into this lifetime. We chose this because we have these tools at our disposal. So I kind of feel like that's important and we should probably be using them. And also, if we are look at the work that's here to do to elevate this planet, our sacred work has something to do with like getting rid of and destroying the systems and structures that are problematic and that are holding us back, holding us all back collectively from ascending and moving forward. And we could dive so much deeper in the, into this and get super philosophical and spiritual and be like, but yeah, totally. Because like, we're all one and we're all experiencing life from these different perspectives and different times and time is a flat circle. And technically all of these things are happening at the exact same time. And we're just looking through this one tiny side of the kaleidoscope and we're forgetting that we're tapped into the collective consciousness where we're all experiencing all things from all perspectives at once, because we are vast, we're a vast organism and being, and we are spirit, right? Like we are all the same, but maybe like take a hit of acid and think about that later. Let's pull it back a little bit and just for the sake of simplicity. And because I'm not going to dive into that today, maybe later, let's just, you know, agree that when I'm doing my work and I'm thinking probably about the collective, my work helps dismantle the problematic aspects of what's happening on this planet and actively works to create new helpful, more positive, more in alignment solutions. So all of that is to say that I think right now, given this time, many of us are entrepreneurs. That's like how we're doing our sacred work because that's what we're kind of given. That's the framework that we're often given to do our sacred work, right? Because we do have to exist in capitalism and we need to like, I don't know, pay rent and be able to buy groceries and all the things, right? For the most part, exist in society, by their internet bill. And when you're an entrepreneur, that means that you have a business. Also, entrepreneurship is like totally glamorized and it's not for everyone and it's totally okay if it's not for you. In fact, like good on you. I think that that's great. But let's talk about money minimums, regardless of whether you are running your own business or you're working for somebody else or you're a freelancer, which you're technically running your own business because you are the boss of you. But any which way you look at it, your money minimum, your energetic minimum is a really important thing to be an acknowledgement of. And for many of us, we have a desire to earn more, to make more money. And that might be, you know, there are so many ways that we could look at that. And that might come from so many different inputs. Perhaps you know that if you made a little bit more money, you'd be more, I don't know, financially secure and comfortable. And you'd be able to think about more things beyond just surviving. You'd be able to be more creative and thoughtful and have space for yourself and your well-being and the well-being of the people around you. Maybe you want to make more money because you want to be able to donate more money to more people. So raising our money minimum or our energetic minimum can be very important for, of course, the fiscal reasons, right? Because we want to make more money. But I would say even more important for understanding what we're capable of and representing that we are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And often what we're asleep to, where we don't even know <laughs> what we don't know. We don't even know the bounds of our potential. And it's interesting to find those edges. What is that edge? What does that look like? We are mapping ourselves in space, right? We're mapping our energy in space by looking at what the edges are and what the container is that holds us. Because 
that's all that life is. It's just containers for energy, whether it's a, a book or a podcast or a business or a relationship or a bank account or an art project or a person, right? We are all just containers for some type of energy. We're, these are Everything is a container for some sort of energy. And if we can understand that we can expand and contract those containers, then we sort of get, a, I don't know, a cheat code to the universe and like mm, changing things the way that we want them to change and evolve. So let me get, move out of the esoteric and just talk about money minimums. And I feel like so many people say like, you just need to raise your vibration in order to be a vibrational match for money. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? I don't, I mean, like I get it in theory, but like, it just, it sounds so, so reductive to me to just say that like so flippantly. And I know that's not how people always mean it, but it just feels like that. You know, if you've ever had like $10 in your bank account or been overdrawn in your bank account, which I have so many times, so many times. It happened to me so much in my twenties. And hearing someone say like, oh, you just need to raise your energetic minimum. I would be like, first off, fuck you. Second, I am trying to raise my energetic minimum, ma'am. I'm so positive. I only listen to mantras. I write affirmations on my walls. I know I'm worthy of more. I know that I should be making more money. I know that I deserve to not have zero dollars in my bank account, but like something isn't computing. (laughs) And I think that often it's because that idea of just raising your vibration is like, what? And we really need to understand what we consent to actively and passively. And that's where our money minimum or our energetic minimum comes in. So our money minimum is just the new minimum amount of dollars that you make every month for every project or that you make every day or that you have in your bank account, whatever. It's the new number that you're going to say, oh, I never have less than this in my bank account. I never make less than this for a job. I never make that less than this in a day. I never sell less than this when I open up the doors to something, right? There's something about saying it out loud and actually consenting to that being your energetic minimum that creates it on an unconscious and on a conscious level. Because when you create an energetic minimum for yourself, let's say it's $500 and you're aware of that, you say, I never earn less than $500 a day. And you're conscious of that. You're tracking your income. When you see that you've only made $300, you've made no money in a day, you might go, what? How's that possible? I always make $500 a day. And then all of a sudden you start finding ways to make money. Maybe, and honestly, usually they're really easy. Usually they're like, oh, I need to like tell people about this product that I made, or I need to like promote myself a little bit more, or I should maybe send an email to my community reminding them that the doors are closing on this thing. Or maybe I should give a discount to this. Or maybe I should send, I don't know, an example of this product to someone who I think is really influential and they'll post about it. And then I'm going to make some more money, right? We start to find unconsciously when we're in awareness of our energetic minimums, these ways to raise our minimum, these ways to meet our minimum. And right now your current money minimum is likely, it's a passive number. You either have just consented to it because it's always been there. Maybe your energy, well, let me go back. I mean, my energetic minimum for so much of my life was like, I don't know, $400 in my checking account. Like that was a lot of money to me. 
It's like, wow, I have $400. <laughs> Whoa. And then like $1,000 in my savings account that I just like ignored and just pretend didn't exist. And guess what? That number never moved because like I would maybe remember to like add things to it, but often I'd have to like because I'd be overdrawn in my checking account, I'd have to take money out of my savings account that I had put in there, you know, good naturedly or with the best intentions. And it just never grew. And so three years later, my savings account was still like sad and my checking account was still sad too. You know, it was still not enough for me for what I needed to live. Let me rephrase that. It wasn't sad. It just wasn't enough for what I needed to live for the life that I wanted to live. That's it. There's nothing wrong with having $400 in your checking account. It just wasn't what I wanted. So I had a, a money minimum that was passive where I just kind of accepted. I probably for, put $400 in my checking account when I opened my checking account when I was 18. And I just never thought about having more in there or having more in there scared me because I was bad with money. And so that was my passive number of like, I know I can handle this. I can manage this. I can manage this amount of money. Like I know what to do with it and I can like barely manage it, right? (laughs) Still getting overdrawn. We might not realize that we have a ceiling basically of belief of what we think we can earn or what we think we can hold. And sometimes it's earning, right? If it's your income or what your day rate is or what your hourly rate is, you think, well, I just can't earn more than that. I just don't make more than that. People don't make more than that. And sometimes it's just what's in your bank account. For me, it's been both. It's been, what can I hold in my bank account? Oh, this is like, this is what I can do. This is the the most, <laughs> this is the most that I can have that I can hold on to responsibly as well as like my income. I remember getting capped at like 60,000 or $65,000 at a job that I was working at that I was like, wow, I've never made $65,000. That's crazy. It was a lot of money to me. I was used to making like $10 an hour when I was in New York as an artist and I was working at this tech job. And I've told this story before, but I was on a run with one of my coworkers and we were, she had a very similar job to me. She wasn't as good and like she was awesome, but in our group, I was more skilled than she was and she was older than me. And I remember her telling me that she made like $30,000 more than me. And she was complaining about her salary because she wanted more money. And I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what? They're paying you that? And they're paying me this? Like what? I didn't even know that was possible. I thought that like, I didn't, I never thought that I could make more. I I just didn't imagine that for myself. And that helped raise my energetic minimum. So we need to kind of destroy our own glass ceiling. And the first way to do that is just to acknowledge that you have a glass ceiling that you've created. And I love this exercise from this book called Overcoming Underearning by Barbara Stanwyck. It's an awesome book. (laughs) Many spiritual teachers have literally lifted exactly her content and put it in there. I don't know, abundance or opulence or money-making manifestation courses, which case like, cool, great. Go to them or just read the book, whatever you want to do. It's $9 on bookshop. But she has this great exercise around imagining what your maximum is. So what you think you, what's your ceiling? What's your ceiling for earning? And you close your eyes and you start to picture numbers 
that pop into your head. Maybe you start at $50,000 and you see how comfortable you are with that next to your name and that being what you ask for. And then you start to raise those numbers slowly but surely. And you see, begin to notice like what you think is believable for yourself and what is not believable. And you'll feel, find a very clear discernment of what is like totally possible for you and also what is like absolutely not possible for you. Where you're like, no, that's crazy. I could never earn $3 million in a year. But maybe at $500,000 a year, you're like, no, yeah, that makes sense. I could see that for myself. Or maybe it's $100,000 or $150,000, or maybe it's $50,000. And by just knowing what your sort of glass ceiling is and what the cap is on your maximum, what you associate with yourself, you're just giving yourself a baseline for what you think is possible, right? What you know is possible. And that's an important diagnostic because we need to expand our container for what we can hold right? So if we want a bigger number, if we want a new energetic minimum where we say, well, I never earn less than $20,000 a month, or I never earn less than $1,000 a day. And right now I'm earning $400 a day. We just need to expand that container to be able to hold that new number, to be able to hold that new volume, that new energy, right? And so there are a couple ways that we can sort of destroy our own glass ceiling and expand that container. The first is getting aware of what your glass ceiling is so you know what you need to expand into and what you want to expand into. And the second thing would be to strengthen our nervous system to be able to hold more. And so there are lots of ways to strengthen our nervous system, right? Like we can do somatic practices. We can do physical practices to know that like we're strong and we can hold things. We can do and practice emotional and spiritually what we can hold and contain. But I also, I mean, like this is where self-work comes in. This is where shadow work comes in. This is where trusting yourself and respecting yourself comes in. So any practice that's going to help you trust yourself, that you've got your own back and that you are enough to handle whatever comes your way and it won't destroy you. And actually you'll be fine. You'll always be okay. Any practice that helps you do that is going to help you raise your energetic minimum. And we need to hold more and learn how to hold more because we need to trust that we're not going to fuck everything up, right? That like when we get that money, when we raise our energetic minimum, that our whole life isn't going to crumble and fall to shit because often our energetic minimum is tied to like directly tied to the chaos in our lives where let's say I'll use the example of a me, right? Where I was like, all right, $400 in my bank account at any given time. That's pretty much all I can hold on to. I was like, I can barely manage my life with this. I can barely keep up with like sending my bills in on time and getting to work on time and having three jobs and seeing all my friends and buying groceries every week. You know, I was like a baby adult. I can barely do all this. What am I going to do? Things are going to be more complicated when I have more money and I'm just barely getting by right now. So if I make more money, then like, I'm not going to be able to keep up with everything that comes with that. That was this sort of belief that I had that wasn't necessarily true, right? Having more money doesn't necessarily make things more difficult. It doesn't. 
But often when we're going to make more money, that means that we are doing more because we have to scale in order to scale up our income, right? So maybe we have more projects that we take on. Maybe there's a higher level of work that we're doing that requires more responsibility and organization and focus. Maybe we need to hire people to help us, to get us, to get involved with us in order to get that work done. And if we don't trust that we can do that, that we're going to be able to like manage all of that, then of course we're not going to raise our energetic minimum because we can barely function now. And this is where, like, I I know that I feel it sounds like a broken record, but this is where systems come in. We all have systems. <laughs> like your systems might not work, but you have systems. They might be broken systems or systems that kind of suck, but that's okay. There's still a system. If you have a shitty system that's not working for you, and let's say you've got, I don't know, your desk is like covered in papers and you have like five outstanding bills and you are overwhelmed with work because you have a constant inflow of emails and you're not able to get back to them on time and you don't have someone helping you. And you have all these projects that are on the backlog that you want to execute on, but there's not enough hours in the day for you to execute on them or organize them. And so they just stay stuck. You're like, well, I can't do more. Like I can barely do what I'm doing now. And that's not because you're not capable. It's just because you don't have systems that work for you. Really, that's it. Like you are capable of anything. And the best systems keep you clear, intuitive, and like quick, right? They don't slow you down. They're actually like jet fuel, rocket fuel for you and your energy and your intuition. They help you get even clearer and more aligned and do your work with ease and with less effort as opposed to more effort and more paperwork and more admin stuff, which is what people often associate with systems. So often what we need to do to raise our energetic minimum is create healthier systems for ourselves so that we're not constantly like plagued with stress about the things that are in our head that we have to remember that we didn't write down or that we wrote down somewhere, but we can't remember where we wrote them down. Because again, we can, we're signaling to ourselves, well, I can barely keep up with this. I cannot possibly add more onto my plate. So I cannot possibly earn more money because I can't do more. I can barely do this. The truth is you can do more. You actually like don't really need to do more. You can do even less and make even more if that's what you want by having really clear systems. And some of those systems will involve asking for help. So that's that. And (laughs) this is why systems are really important. So that's it. And also why they're magical, right? Because systems expand our container. They expand our consciousness. They make more room for our intuition and our intellect and our thinking to shine. Imagine you have a whiteboard and you're writing down a bunch of notes on it and to-dos and lists, and then you just have this like tiny little corner for brainstorming. That's what your brain is doing when you don't have systems. Imagine if you were able to completely erase that whiteboard every day. You didn't need those notes and you could just use it for brainstorming and thinking and drawing and creating and ideating. That's what your brain should feel like. Good systems help you create that so you come up with cooler, better ideas and you do your sacred work. So win-win. The third thing that we need to do is just hear about what other people make and talk more about money and make it less taboo and make it less weird. We've really been programmed by society, by patriarchy to not talk about money because especially women or people in in women's bodies, it's really important to see what's possible for you based on what's possible for other people. I know there's that like seeing is believing thing and that's definitely true. (laughs) Like it's definitely a thing. 
Okay, we are taking a little break from today's episode to talk about our amazing podcast sponsor, Open. I just finished a little three-minute breathwork exercise with Ali Maz, and I'm feeling so good. I was feeling so scattered before, and the breathwork, I think it was called Focus or Anchor or something. They have breathwork for pretty much any mood that you're in or any need that you have, and this was exactly what I needed. Also, the music. I can't say enough about it. She loves the music. (laughs) It was timed so perfectly. And there's this little orb that just pulsates. So if you want to look at it, you can, but you don't have to. I love that. Have you taken the test, the learning styles test that's in the Notion for Magical Bodies intake form yet? No, I'm a baddie. I haven't done it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You got to take it, but there are three different learning styles, you know, like ways that you Mm -hmm. take information and it's tactile, visual, or audio. And I Mm -hmm. feel like open just like nails all three of those because it is so visual and like the most soothing, amazing way. And I love being able to search based on like what you need, whatever the exercises are, if you're feeling stressed or anxious or going to sleep. And I would never look for this, but they have some classes without music in case you don't like meditating with music or breathing with music. And they actually tell you like, this class has music, this class doesn't. I just think that's really nice. It's like so thoughtful. Everything they do is so thoughtful. They have all their bases covered. It's so curated. And I think for people who are especially aesthetically inclined and sensitive to Mm -hmm. music there's just so much thought that goes into it it feels like this combination of meditation and movement of all kinds combined with art it's just I, I can't say enough good things about it and because open is sponsoring us we have a 30-day promo code if you type in holisticism at checkout or use the link in our show notes or in our bio on instagram and you get 30 days free which honestly if you're not hooked in the first week i don't know (laughs) i mean we've tried so many meditation apps and you know we've used we're both fans of insight timer it's what i used to use to meditate but and it's great. Anything that makes people meditate more, great. I'm not going to I'm not gonna shit on, but I never found anything that was like, oh, I'm so excited to use this. You know, that like delight that you feel, it almost feels like sometimes like when I get new makeup, I'm like, oh, I can't mm-hmm. wait to put on makeup. Like mm-hmm. this is so fun. And that's how open feels. And I've been a member now for probably close to six months and it still feels like that. I'm like excited to go do it even though I'm rolling out of my bed to do breath work and maybe cry, I get this, ooh, this is so, it just feels like fills me with joy in a weird way. Well, especially the breath work, they have great movement classes and meditation classes. And I can't wait to dig more into them over the next month, especially as we do classes together in the cusp and holisticism. But I appreciate their approach to breath work because it's not like an hour long, you can choose three minutes, you can choose six minutes. And I love the coordination with the music. Again, I'm just a broken record, but that really sets it apart for me than other mm-hmm. breath work that I've done. And I feel like for anyone who is thinking about trying breath work for different reasons, if you just want to explore and learn the basics and take it deeper, it's such a good place to start. I agree. And when I first started meditating, the thing that got me in to cl- and kept me meditating was going to class and being with people. But it was like $20 to go sit in a room for 30 minutes or an hour. And sometimes 
like sitting in class and for an hour actually gave me a lot of anxiety. And I was that's way too long. It's so long and getting to the studio. And I really love the accountability aspect. I love meditating with other people, but it was such an effort. And especially now that the Delta variant is picking up again in LA, like we're not going back to in-person classes anytime soon. And I love that I can meditate with you or our team or my sister or my mom or Ethan when he's at his studio in the middle of the day on Open's platform and see you and chat with you and kind of share this space together and share an experience together and be accountable to each other. So we, we actually show up, but it's so much more comfortable and it's so much more tailored to what I need. It's also way more affordable. Like it's $19 a month right? After you get a month for free, that's the cost of one meditation class. Like, and you get unlimited And like classes. two lattes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In LA. <laughs> yes. yeah. So it's just, I'm like kind of blown away by how affordable it is for how much care goes into this platform and, and into the classes and how incredible the teachers are. It kind of just feels like you're like, this is some secret. <laughs> that it's like a black card to breathwork meditation, like VIP. That's yes. how I feel. I yes. always feel like I'm getting the VIP experience. Yeah. It's like the Raya of meditation apps, but not like. But not, whack and yeah, but not whack. Yeah. But not whack. Yeah. This is cool. I feel special. I'm glad I get to be here. Yeah. So join us over the next month or so. We're going to be doing classes together in the cusp and on holisticism. So we hope to see you in there. You get 30 days free with the holisticism code, or you can go to the link in our show notes and we'll have it on IG too. And we hope to see you in class. Now back to the episode. So getting rid of our sort of like anxiety and belief that talking about money is rude is really, really important. It's not rude (laughs) to talk about money. We use it all day long, all the time. And we can talk about money in a way that's like thoughtful and intelligent and empathetic and intuitive. Like give yourself a little credit, you know, and you should talk about money with your friends. And when you start talking about it, you give other people permission to talk about it. I have this awesome friend, Chelsea, who I love and adore. And we talk about money and investing and crypto and what we're making and what we're earning. And it is so beautiful and supportive to be able to have that conversation with each other. And there are a lot of people in my life who just aren't able to have those conversations yet. And that's okay. But it a hundred percent removes me from them. Like it creates a barrier between us and that's, you know, not really on anyone. It's not anyone's fault, but I think it's really important. And like also to acknowledge that resource isn't just material and financial resource. We all are resourced in different ways and we shouldn't feel guilty for the resource that we have or that we earn, especially if we're giving it and sharing it with others and we're using it to elevate our community, right? We should honestly, like, I think we should talk about the resource that we do have because the more we talk about it, the more we're able to enroll other people in what we're up to. And if you're worried that by talking about where you're well-resourced, people will get jealous of you, people will ask for too much of you, or people will have expectations of you, guess what? You're right. But you're also not responsible for those things. And that's your work. 
that's your work to do, right? That's your personal work to be able to remove yourself from those expectations and to be able to say no to people and to be okay, maybe letting people down and, and also be okay. Maybe letting people think about you, what they want to think about you, because we kind of can't control what other people think of us. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what we do. They're going to think whatever they want. We might as well just like, I don't know, be clear and, I don't know, break down some glass ceilings for each other and share what we earn. It's so important. Like, gosh, I remember the first time I hit six figures and being able to share that with my friends and my colleagues was amazing. And it was so scary. I thought I was going to be so judged, but hearing from other people that they were getting there too, or they were out earning me, like really inspired me to say, wow, okay, I'm totally capable of this. And look how much I can do when I have this resource. Like look how many people I'm able to hire when I am making more money. Look at how, what a, like what an amazing business I can run that's ethical and aligned with my values because I have the money to back it up because I don't have to ask people to work for free because I, I get to pay them. How cool is that? And then finally, it's you got to start testing yourself incrementally in order to destroy your own glass ceiling and to raise your energetic minimum, to raise the amount of money that you know you make every single month or the amount of money that you know you have in your bank account. You got to start testing yourself. So start testing that new number in your nervous system. Hold it, say it out loud, think about it. Imagine your name next to it. Imagine it in your bank account, write it down. I mean, like, Photoshop it into your Chase bank or whatever your credit union bank account and imagine what it will look like to see it there and what it will feel like to see it there and start to look at the income that's coming in every day. That's a great way tracking your income daily, not your expenses, but your income is a great way to get more comfortable with your energetic minimums and just with money in general, because we have so much, we tend to have a lot of anxiety. I'm not going to put that on anyone. We tend to have a lot of anxiety around spending. And so that's why budgeting can like actually set us backwards when it comes to sort of like money magic and abundance and wealth because we get into this mindset of scarcity because we're like, oh fuck, I'm spending a lot of money or I'm spending more money than I'm earning. And when we begin to earn and track what we're earning and what our income is, we get so much more comfortable with spending money because we know we have the money to spend or we're just like, oh, you know what? I don't have that $500 to spend on this thing that I need. So I'm just going to go make some more money right now. Instead of being like, well, I can't spend any more money and we got to cut costs here and things are too expensive. Instead, we start just thinking of solutions because that's the other way to like keep up with your expenses, right? It's not to budget. It's just to like make more money. So (laughs) that's an excellent way to continue to raise your energetic minimum is to just get more comfortable with it every day, every week, holding it in your nervous system. And again, you can create a system for yourself where you just check your income every day, you write it down, you track it, and you start to get familiar with those numbers. It stops being a scary thing. And it starts to be an exciting thing because fear is just excitement without the breath. So if we add a little breath into our fear, every time we check our bank account, then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, a little hit of excitement, like, ooh, embodiment, ooh, living, cool. And of course you just need to believe in your minimum and hold yourself to it and be in integrity with yourself. Being in integrity means saying what you said you'd do when you said you'd do it. So when you say my new energetic minimum is a thousand dollars a week, then you hold yourself to that and you don't just kind of passively let it happen, right? You believe it 
and you create the ecosystem for it to happen inevitably. And that might require very, very small shifts. That's often what a quantum leap is, right? It's like this paradoxical shift, this even a silly thing of saying, well, now I just earn $1,000 a week. And all of a sudden you've created a quantum leap or you've collapsed a timeline by speaking that into existence. Your quantum leap might look a little bit different. And don't worry again too much about how it's going to happen because your unconscious and your conscious mind are going to work together to make this new energetic minimum happen. Your main responsibility, and I'm going to just say it right now, the main problem that you're going to have is deepening your container. So work on your nervous system, work on expanding your nervous system to hold deeper feelings to hold more stress, to hold more responsibility. And when you know that you can rely on systems or you can fall back on tools during moments of difficulty, that's when your container deepens. So like we deepen our nervous system for big feelings by going to therapy or doing shadow work or doing self-work because we start to learn new tools that we can apply to those big feelings when they come up, right? When those big feelings of fear or anxiety hit us over the head, instead of going into straight panic mode and having a panic attack, we're able to go, okay, whoa, I noticed this. I'm seeing this. I'm not going to ignore it. And I know how to treat this. I've got all these tools in my toolkit to help me get through this. I'm going to survive this. And I don't need to run away from it. I can embrace it and face it. And same thing with stress and work, right? When we've created systems and we understand what systems are at our disposal, we can rely on our systems and say, I've created a system for this. I know that when I have a lot of projects on deck, I'm not going to let anything fall through the cracks because I've created this intuitive, intelligent system for me and how I work so that this stuff doesn't get lost. And I can rely on that. So I don't even need to think about it. I don't even need to use energy towards it. I've already done that work. I can let my system do its job. And that's a really cool place to be in. So again, don't worry about how it's going to happen too much. Your conscious and your unconsciousness are going to come together. And your brain fills in the gaps when you truly believe this and when you understand that you've expanded your nervous system enough to be able to hold this new number, this new idea, or oh my God, am I going to say it? This new vibration, right? It's just like how our brains fill in the gaps between atoms, right? We are looking at a table that looks like it's solid, but we know that there's space between those atoms and our brain just makes up the space, just makes it up. It's bananas. Same thing is going to happen here. We know that that's possible. We know that that's, that is scientifically possible. So it is scientifically possible here too, that we just need to get a couple of the core pieces and the rest of the details will fill in themselves. Okay. So that's my spiel for raising your money minimums or your energetic minimums. This also works with like what you believe that you're worthy of in terms of like relationships and life, like your life. So when you deepen your nervous system and when you create systems for yourself, you can elevate in all the ways. And we can maybe talk about that later if you're like interested. I don't know. Will you text me and let me know if you want that or or reply to holisticism on Instagram? We can maybe talk about like relationships and other stuff, other things that we want and how to raise your energetic minimum of like what you think you desire and deserve and what's possible for you. 
there's a lot of really good, great people doing that work. So maybe I'll just refer you to them, but I highly recommend reading the book overcoming under earning. And if you want to go even deeper into energetic minimums, check out the four day energetic recalibration, because that's one full day we spend on energetic minimums and raising and recalibrating your new energetic minimum. And there's a bunch of exercises in there. It only will take you like 10 to 20 minutes to go through the exercises, but Whew, it's really powerful. Someone told me that they made $800 after going through the four-day challenge, which is awesome. And you can find the four-day energetic recalibration in our show notes. It's 39 bucks. It's super affordable and you get lifetime access to it. It's an audio course. It's really fun and it's really powerful. So if you've got any sort of like defective energy that's hanging around or you're just like tired of your glass ceiling, time to break through it. And I think the four-day energetic recalibration can help you with that. And if you're like, I don't need the recalibration. I need some fucking systems, dude. (laughs) Good news. We are hosting Notion for Magical Baddies starting on Monday, August Second, it's going to be an awesome course. It is four weeks long. It's live. Wallace and I created this course for people who are like us, who have sort of squiggly brains. We both have ADHD and who also like want to get a lot done. And maybe who have been really high achievers over their entire lives, but just also have like that baseline level of anxiety constantly where you're like, I look so great from the outside because I can get all this shit done. But if people were to look at my, I don't know, email inbox or my Google docs or my desk or my like 15 journals that I have, they'd be like, oh my God, this person is deranged. You feel like everything is just like barely hanging by a thread that causes so much anxiety and stress. And when we're in that space, we're not really able to be magical. We're not really able to be intuitive because we're just worried about keeping it all together. So we created this course for people with ADHD and squiggly brains. If you don't have ADHD, you're going to get a lot out of this. Trust me, if we can organize an ADHD person, we can definitely organize you. And the goal is to teach you how to create intuitive intelligence systems that work for you and rituals that work for you, not for me, not for Wallace, for you. And a huge part of that is just understanding how systems work and understanding yourself and what you're motivated by. So we've built this, like I said, for ADHD people, which means that it's an accountability circle every single Monday. That's how the course is delivered. It's a one hour class and then a 30 minute play break where we're building and playing together. That actual space keeps us accountable. So we all are doing it together. You have to show up. There's also this really cool reward that we're doing. If you submit your final project by August 27th, you get a hundred dollars back. So I will refund you a hundred bucks. Basically I pay you a hundred bucks to turn in your homework. ADHD people or people who don't have normal, typical dopamine receptors need extra impetus in order to help them be motivated to get things done. So we've built in lots of little systems like this, accountability, rewards, step-by-step, clear instructions so that you can get through this course with as much ease as possible and in a way that helps you and your unique brain. It's going to be really, really fun. I'm so excited to teach it. So if you want to sign up, join us. We'd love to have you. We've got a really good, really good crew happening and I'm 
most excited to teach live because I love teaching live and I don't get to do it very often. And it's just going to be really fun. So every week we dive into a different element of creating a system. By the end, you'll have a full dashboard created for yourself and at least one system that you've made for something in your life that is not working, that's causing you stress and anxiety. You'll also have the frameworks to understand what kind of structures and systems you need in your life. So you can build them, whether it's in your home or in your relationships or at your work, or even for other people. I now get paid to build systems for other businesses. So if if I can do it as a squiggly brained ADHD, Pisces sun, cancer rising, Scorpio moon projector, I guarantee that you can do it too. I'm really excited to teach you. Okay. I think that's it. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you on the internet. Bye.